Hello, I'm Radiobot QRM-42 Alpha, and my humanoid superiors insist that I resist the urge to do something far more productive, and inform you that you are listening to the podcast version of Athens 441. As if you didn't know that when you clicked on the icon. Honestly. Start the same music. The information to be transmitted starts as sound waves which travel through air. Here we go! You are now tuned into Athens 441. Now this program will be presented by Georgia Public Broadcasting.
Well, welcome aboard. That was Kraftwerk getting us up and out of the depot on this week's show. The name of the song was Trans Europe Express. That's the version that they reworked for the mix album back in 1991. Once again, I'm Joe Silva, your conductor on the Locomotive Athens 441, where we're doing a special program this week dedicated to the work of Florian Schneider, one of the founding members of the greatest electronic group ever, Kraftwerk. Uh, Florian passed away, unfortunately, recently. And to celebrate his work and the tremendous influence it's had on so many musicians, we've gathered up a stellar lineup of guests to tell us about how Kraftwerk impacted their lives and music, including Robin Rimbo, a.k.a. Scanner, Vince Clark of Erasure, as well as His Majesty the Orb, Dr. Alex Patterson, who just happens to be celebrating the release of a new record. And just around the bend, we'll be hearing from Steve Albini of Big Black. Yeah, Big Black here on Athens 441 with their cover of Kraftwerk's The Model. 
from 1987. Uh, band included Steve Albini on guitar, who went on to become a top shelf engineer and producer, recording albums for the Pixies, Nirvana, and PJ Harvey. Uh, these days, he's a member of the band Shellac and runs Electrical Audio, his studio up there in Chicago. And uh, Steve took some time to hop on the line with us recently and tell us about his affection for craft work. Started off by asking him what he liked about the way their cover of the model turned out. You're listening to Athens 441. Uh, what I like about it is that it had the personality of our band, Big Black, which was a, a, an abrasive, confrontational um, approach with... Uh, uniquely sculpted sounds for each instrument um, but it was also still very recognizably the Kraftwerk song you know we didn't obliterate it we I, th- I thought it was a legitimate uh, sort of uh, reimagining of that song and the ideas in that song and the presentation of that song well, uh, are you one of those Kraftwerk fans that wish they had gone on to produce more music? Because they didn't really release much new material after, not too long after that, that cover was released. Their body of work is so distinctive and so pure in its execution. What I don't want is more things like that. What I want is for the rest of the world to appreciate that distinction and to operate that way. I I wish more people and more artists would hew so close to their original ideas. They like they put a stake in the ground and said, this is what we're going to do. And they did just that one thing for their entire career. And I'm, you know, I'm as a fan, I'm, that's the thing that impresses me the most. That's the thing that, that makes them so special is that they didn't ever do a Christmas album or that, you know, they didn't, that they didn't do their, uh, they didn't go through a reggae period, you know? I mean, the, I, I admire the purity of what their execution and their commitment to their, their ideas and their principles. And I'm, as inspired by that, if not more inspired than I am by any of the music, which is really just an artifact of their process. So, so do you have a, a favorite album of theirs when it comes to looking at, at their catalog? Probably my favorite Kraftwerk thing is I have a um, a store display from the when they released the Man Machine album. There was a, a mobile, like a three-dimensional mobile of their silhouettes of their heads rendered in that sort of um, faceted computer graphic of the day. And I have that hanging in uh, the television room of my house. <laughs> so I have this constant reminder that Kraftwerk uh, were a big part of my life. Um, and uh, I'm very fond of that mobile because it's, it's the crudest representation of, of a band who were very technologically literate and who were, who were, were very careful about their, um, their craftsmanship. 
And this is like a stamped out cardboard thing with string on it, you know. <laughs> it's a, the juxtaposition of that, the crudity of that and the precision and, and elegance of their aesthetic uh, appeals to me. So if you were going to introduce someone uh, to their work, where, where would you start? If I was going to try to introduce somebody to craft work in a way that, that might make them a fan, I would play the Man Machine album. Um, and I think, that's, I think that would be the, the, the best introduction.
from the Man Machine album released back in 1978. That was the title track from that record, which is a personal favorite of Steve Albini, who was nice enough to take some time to speak with us about his love for Kraftwerk. Uh, next up here on our special edition of Athens 441, honoring the memory of Kraftwerk's Florian Schneider, is a cover of their 1971 track Kling Clang by Scanner. Thank you. 
Scanner, aka Robin Rimbo, here on Athens 441 with his version of Craftworks 1971 track Kling Clang, was also the name that they gave to their studio. Uh, Robin is a fantastic electronic producer in his own right. And he joined us not too long ago from over in the UK to tell us about his appreciation for some of the band's earlier work. This is Athens 441. It's funny because the, 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 the records that have always stayed with me, and much as I really love all the later records, I actually really enjoy the early albums. I like the organization album before they became Kraftwerk. I really like the uh, Ralph and Florian album. There's a track on that called Heimatklanger, the uh, Bells of Home, as it's translated. And I've always loved that because it has this kind of mystique, kind of nostalgic feel about it. You know, in, in contemporary terms, people speak about bands like Boards of Canada and some of the Aphex Twin records as being kind of having a sense of nostalgia about them, this kind of dusty, faded atmosphere. But Heimat Klanger has this character that's always stayed with me. It reminds me of the kind of early Eno records from the kind of mid-70s. It's, it sort of has echoes of Cluster and Harmonia, as I say, Eno and Robert Wyatt. It's something a little bit fuzzy, a little bit naive and just simply beautiful actually I've always loved that track
Heimat Klanger from the 1973 album Ralph und Florian, as selected by our guest Robin Rimbaud, who produces music and sound explorations under the name Scanner, Scanner D-O-T, and then a dot. Uh, for more about his work. Now, our old friend uh, Dr. Alex Patterson, who spans the known universe as The Orb, has a new album out at the moment called The Abolition of the Royal Familia. And before he chimes in on his feelings about Kraftwerk, let's have a listen to our favorite track from the record. This is called Pervitin.
from the brand new album Abolition of the Royal Familia. That was the orb here on Athens 441. And we got in touch with Alex Patterson, who has graced our airwaves on a few occasions in the past. And he was nice enough not only to uh, tell us his impressions on craft uh, work and uh, their importance, but also to give us background on uh, the orb track that you just heard, which was called Perfitin. Athens, 441. The Nazis, when they took over Europe, they were given loads of speed to do it. That's why they were so fast. The actual track itself is beautiful. I think um, that's done with Violetta Vecchi, who's very, very worth actually actually putting. Maybe she's got an album out on on Painted Word. Yeah, I mean, I can see a big future with the album and Violetta if she can understand the rigmaroles of not classical music. She's a classically trained violinist um, and plays the most beautiful with viola and we got her down for a session and I just said quite on that tune I said to her so she's Austrian Spanish so she can speak another dialect of German and Spanish as well as English and she can speak she's a Swiss German she can speak um, Russian so wow okay so I've got her to, and French so I've got her to talk, talk about Asterix at the pyramids out of a magazine in French and put that at the front of the track which is this girl talking in French then she switches over to a manual about how to use a printing machine all in German Swiss German not German German but to us we don't know what she's saying so it becomes part of the track that's what I was saying about the German words that come out on craftwork to us we don't know what they're saying, so they become part of the track as a, as a note or a, a melody. And this is what we try to do with her on that tune. Oh, okay. Well, uh, if if you had to sort of characterize some way what what influence Kraftwerk has had on, on the music of the Orb o- over the years, uh, how would you describe that? It's, it's, not, it's, it's an influence on my life. It's not an influence of what I've done. It's, it's, it, Music like we know now in electronic music, we've never, never really been the same. Um, my life changed when I was sitting on my mum's stairs in 1974 and Autobahn came on the radio. It has everything that fueled wanted to be. It took everyday sounds and turned them into parts of the music. Um, that's very much what we did on the first album.
From the Audubon album released in late 1974, that was Cometan Melody 2. Comet Melody 2. And that was one of Alex Patterson's favorite Kraftwerk tracks. So thanks to Alex for talking with us about the band and about his new Orb record called Abolition of the Royal Familia. About that at theorb.com. Now, uh, before we get to our last guest, Vince Clark, uh, here's a track that he wrote in the early 80s that I think has a certain craft work vibe to it. This is Depeche Mode.
from 1981, and that was Depeche Mode here on Athens 441 with one of their early singles, New Life. Uh, the man responsible for that track is one Mr. Vince Clark, who is now a member of the synth-pop duo Erasure. Uh, been a big fan of Vince's for a long, long time, and he was nice enough to give us some time to chat with us about Kraftwerk. And I started off by asking him if he thought that tracks like the one you just heard initially had people drawing comparisons between them and Kraftwerk. No, not really. I think because Kraftwerk um, were always more left field than us. I mean, and more left field than most bands or most electronic bands at, at that time. Um, I think also they had a bit of a kind of a, I don't know, um, a kind of a hippie image really you know from back in the day so i don't think that they were that they weren't amongst our kind of um the other amongst the bands that were playing electronic music at the time i think we were more interested in ma- making pop records and craft was always seen as a kind of um an album band you know like a you know like a progressive band or something so um you know, they, they, they didn't really, pay, I mean, I mean, a fantastic band, but they didn't really um, have much influence on us um, in the in those early days. Ah, okay. Well, and you met them at, at one point, right? I did, actually. I mean, you know, over time, because our, the guy that ran our record company, a guy called Daniel Miller, he was a huge fan of Kraftwerk. So he, he would play their music to us. And that's when we got more acquainted with what they were doing. But I think for me, um, and for perhaps for a lot of people, the interesting craft was about was the fact that they were making music with synthesizers, you know. And at that time, there weren't many of us doing that, really. I mean, they weren't like a, a rock band with a keyboard player. You know, they were all just synthesizers. So then, um, so that changed my view of them, I think, you know, over the years. You know, because I'm a fan of synthesizers, so, you know, hell. But I did actually, yeah, they, I saw them, I've, I've seen them, I saw them perform twice. Um, the first time I saw them play was um, in, a, in, a, in a place called the Brixton Academy in, in South London. And that was on the Computer World Tour, and uh, which was pretty amazing. And then then I saw them again, they played at a university. We, we Erasure were on tour at the time, and... The tour, our tour manager knew their tour manager, so he arranged for tickets for us to go and see um, them. And it was a, like a tiny venue, you know, it was like five, maybe 500 people or something Whoa. in this little um, uh, student union hall. I think it was in Leicester. And um, after the show, our tour manager said, oh, would you like to come and meet Crawford? And I said, no. And he said, well, I think you should at least come backstage and say, you know, thanks to the, you know, give a thanks to the um, tour manager that organised the tickets. So I said, oh, OK, all right then. So we went backstage. And of course, you know, it's like a tiny little tiny area. And there was Ralph. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's like, what do you say? And he said to me, he said, so we are travelling to Leeds tomorrow. Should we take the M62 or the M63? And that was our compass. That was it. <laughs> well, well, if uh, if you had to, to pick a, a favorite uh, out of their catalog, uh, wh- what would be your go-to Kraftwerk track? Um, you know, the earlier electronic stuff. I mean, I've got all, I've got all of their albums, <laughs> all of them. 
pretty much, you know. Um, but the, um, I mean, stuff like Space Lab, I mean, I, you know, I think is pretty amazing now. You know, I didn't at the time, I didn't really appreciate it, but now I think that that's pretty an amazing track. Um, but um, I mean, and I also thought actually, uh, um, I also think, and I've, I thought, I mean, I know it's a bit obvious, but I think uh, the Computer World album is amazing. You know, I saw when we when we play when we saw them play in um, in London, um, a much again it was a big venue, but actually there weren't that many people there. Um, um, but I remember when they did um, a pocket calculator. So they had all the they had the four mannequins at the back and everything, the four robots and the screens, and then it comes to the middle eight of that particular track, and they would hand out their one of the guys handed out their like mini, um, almost uh, speak and spell type machine, and then the audience could hit this machine and it would play the middle eight, the middle eight section of the song. That was amazing, you know. And it was it was funny because there was still like a. Uh, they still had their sort of hippie following up as well. They were like lots of kind of hippies, kind of doing slow dancing and stuff. <laughs> it's a computer world.
Once again, that was Kraftwerk here on Athens 441. That was called Pocket Calculator from the 1981 Computer World album. Thanks to Vince Clark and all of our guests for joining us on our special Kraftwerk program, honoring the memory of Florian Schneider of the band who passed away recently. Uh, Unforgettable musical legacy that he leaves behind. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. As always, you can keep up with us online at Athens441.org. And we're going to leave you now with what I think is the best thing that they've done since that period in the early 80s. Uh, This is a version of their classic Tour de France track from the Tour de France soundtracks release from back in 2003. This is called Etap 2. Athens 441 is a QRM production produced in Athens, Georgia for Georgia Public Broadcasting. Production facilities provided by WUGA. Our theme music is by Elf Power. To get in touch with us here at the program, visit us online at Athens441.org. Radio Tour 